0: Home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here I dive into all things home, whether it's tips from my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. Hiring out work is a big investment and boy, can it be scary. How do you know that you're getting someone legit? How do you know they'll be honest, fair, and do good work? And what happens when things go wrong? How do you pick up all the pieces and finish the project when a contractor leaves you high and dry? Yep, I'm speaking from experience. And today, John and I are joining forces again to share our best tips for working with contractors and also a tale of warning from one of our projects gone awry. The heart of the home continues in just a moment. Hi, everyone! I'm jumping in for a minute to tell you about our newest Stag Design launch, the Aspen Collection. This collection is elevated and grounded in earth tones and hand painted patterns. Use the code Heart of the Home for ten dollars off your next purchase at Stag Design. We believe home is what we make it. You can find us at StagDesignShop.com. That's Stag with two G's. The first thing I want to tackle is how you find a contractor. I think personal recommendations are the best way. What do you think, John?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, You've got to find someone that you know does good work. And the only way you can know that if you've never worked with them is if you can get a referral from someone you trust and get some more detail about how that went and what the end product turned out like. So yeah, definitely personal recommendations are the best.
0: I don't know that I've ever hired a contractor from just an online listing. Have you? I feel like every contractor that we've sort of curated (laughs) has been from a personal recommendation. And some of them work out awesome, and some of them not so much. We haven't used them again, even though they were a personal recommendation.
1: Right, that's right. Yeah, and it it usually comes down to, um, sometimes you get kind of desperate because no one really knows someone with that expertise. so. You may be relying on a name that you get from someone, and maybe they haven't worked with that person either, so you're taking a little bit of a leap of faith, and that can go one of two ways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope it goes the good way. We have uh, taken a lot of personal recommendations, and I feel like because we find people that we really, really love, we use them again and again and again. And And we
1: refer them a lot to other people, too.
0: Oh, yes, to everyone. We shout their names from the rooftops. Mm. All of my client work, I use the same contractors because I trust them. I know they'll do good work. I know that they're going to come in on budget. It's going to be what they say it's going to be. I mean, you really just can't put a price tag on having someone reliable that you know is going to show up and, and do their thing.
1: Yeah, and obviously if you can get a referral from someone who does a lot of work and has a good list of contractors that they've worked with quite a bit... Those are the best kind of recommendations.
0: Yes. Now, this next tip um, that I have is you know, it, it's nice to be married to an attorney <laughs> because you need a contract oftentimes if you're going to work with a contractor. Yeah, it's Elaborate. A
1: good idea. Uh, well, sometimes even if you have a contract, it doesn't help you, but that definitely helps to clarify what both parties want and what's expected of both parties. Um, so we try whenever we can to put contracts in place. I don't worry too much about small projects or certainly with people that we have worked with a lot. I don't worry about contracts, but new contractors and certainly big projects that are a lot of money involved. Um, it's a good idea to have a very clear description of what is within the scope of work and, um, the more detailed, the better. So if a question comes up about whether something was included or not in the price that we negotiated, you can go right back to the, the language in the contract or the proposal. And that can be really effective.
0: Will you give people sort of just like a basic of what should be in your contract, like a rundown of it?
1: Well, the most important thing is a really clear, detailed description of what you're hiring that person to do. Mm-hmm. And Um, Sometimes if you're not an expert in what they're doing, that might be a little hard because you're kind of relying on them to tell you what is involved in, you know, doing the HVA system system in your house. Um, So you might want to learn a little bit, even from the contractor as you're going and say, explain to me, you know, what is a 95% efficiency heating system? And, you know, what are our options there? And um, what kind of duct work do we need to do for this HVA system install? And so, Be curious in the process and ask good questions so you feel like you really understand what you're buying. And then just make sure that the contract very clearly describes all of those elements. Um, Because one trick that shady contractors play is they'll give you a very vague description of what they're going to do for you. And then the moment that things get more difficult than they hoped, or if there are slightly different details, when they get into the project, they'll say, well, that wasn't covered. So you have to pay extra for that. And sometimes that's unavoidable because you get into projects and things are messier than you expect. But uh, sometimes that is a tactic that contractors use to get more money out of you.
0: I always like when we include cleanup in Mm -hmm. the contract, you know, like you're going to come, you're going to do your job. You're also going to clean up all the crap and take it away so we don't ever have to see it again. (laughs) Take it all away. That's included in the contract. Do you also think it's important to put deadlines in the contract?
1: If you can. Yeah. Um, Having done a lot of these projects, I know that it's really hard to know for sure when your part of the project can be done. And and there are a lot of other contingencies, other people's work that would affect your ability to get your piece of it done if you're a subcontractor. So I try to be flexible whenever possible, but um, having a general idea of what the deadline should be is a good idea.
0: This is something that... I can't say we've ever done this before, but it's something we've definitely had to be careful about. And that's giving the contractor too much money up front.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that gives a huge incentive to never come back. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Here, let me give you all my money, and then you don't have to come back and do any work.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. And if if it's someone that you've never worked with before especially, um, you want to be careful giving too much money up front. And I'm... I ha- I know people who won't give any money. They'll flat out refuse to give a deposit. And they'll say, if, if that's a condition, then I'll just hire someone else because they've been burned so many times. Um, and most contractors do need a little bit of money if they're going to be buying a lot of product for you,
0: renting equipment, renting
1: large equipment, but, um, just be really careful about how much you give and a contractor should be able to float a little bit of the expense during the project. So even though they are having to spend money, that's kind of part of their business. So, um, if it's a $10,000 project, which is, you know, obviously on the bigger side, You may give them $1,500 to start out or something, but don't give them 5,000 or 10,000 upfront because that creates a huge incentive just to never come back.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the next one is be home while they're working. This is something that you are a firm believer in because Mm -hmm. every time we have a contractor working at the house, if there's absolutely no way that you can be there, you make sure that I'm there. Right. Um, But you usually like to be here managing them. Explain why you do that.
1: Well, a little bit of it is just that um, I don't like having people in the house when no one's home and just for security purposes. But it's more about being there to help oversee what's being done Um, because there are inevitably a number of questions that come up or things that come up, decisions that have to be made. And I want to be there to help think through whatever the issue is and help make a decision. Because if
0: you're not there, they're going to make the decision themselves because they want to get the work done. And
1: it'll always be the easiest thing for them, (laughs) right? And not necessarily what is best for the project. And so I typically serve in the role of general contractor. If I'm hiring a subcontractor, I'm the one who knows the whole project and where their piece fits in. I am typically able to say, well, this this needs to be over here or we need to do this in this way. So by being there, I can usually prevent a lot of problems.
0: Also, they work a lot harder yeah. if you're there.
1: <laughs> well, if you're paying them per hour, absolutely, you should be there or have some way of monitoring their progress because every time I've hired someone per hour, if I have to leave for an errand or something and come back, they haven't done anything while I was gone. The moment I'm gone, they stop working. It's crazy. <laughs> they're
0: eating lunch. They're checking their cell phones. Or yeah. the, the project, they just needed your, They needed you to tell them what to do. And so right. they couldn't do anything while you were gone. So.
1: So, so whenever possible, I try to avoid a bill per hour type model because it creates an incentive to move slowly and take their time. Um, so you avoid that by just having like a set price and – they can move as quickly or as slowly as they want and it won't stress me out.
0: This next tip that I had um, is for people who may not know a lot about the work that's being done. So it's a little bit intimidating, but this tip I think is so important. Do not be afraid to speak up and ask a lot of questions while they're working. Yeah, you know, Because it may be something that you're like, oh, I don't really know what they're doing. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Maybe I should just wait till it's done and maybe it's gonna turn out better than I think it's going to. It's not going to turn out better than you think it's going to. No, nope. no, 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 no. Ask a lot of and, questions and they, while it's and happening. And
1: many times, contractor will contractors will be super annoyed by you asking questions, but you can't let that deter you from being curious, like I said, be curious the whole time. From the moment you start talking about their work and what they might do for you as you're hiring them and throughout the project, don't be afraid to ask questions. You should understand what they're doing at least as well as you can. And you, I'm sure, will be able to point out some things that they're gonna screw up if you're not watching them.
0: And to, to go along with that, I like to take a lot of photos um, so that I can kind of reference what it's supposed to be and you know what I thought it was going to be, and here's the work, and here's what we discussed, and here's my original drawings of what we discussed, and it doesn't really look anything like that. Yeah. I use a lot of inspiration photos when we're doing projects that are very visual. Um, like we just finished up our side yard, on the stag reno. And I had a whole folder on Pinterest of inspiration photos for this specific spot. And so I'd use that as a reference a lot and show the contractor. So they knew exactly what I was expecting, exactly what we wanted it to look like. And I could say, Nope, that's not exactly where it needs to be, or it needs to move over here. See how this picture it does this. So take a lot of photos as you go along, ask a lot of questions. And when it comes down to it, I really feel like you are in charge. Yep. They're not in charge. You're the boss. You're the boss. So don't be afraid to be the boss. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: And they may be annoyed and frustrated if you point out something that's not right. But the earlier you do that, the more they'll appreciate it, right? Because they don't want to have to redo something completely. And then you don't want to have to get into a debate with them over who should pay for a change order or to correct something that's wrong. So they may not like it, but they will appreciate it if you catch things early. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay, this next tip I have is do not pay them the full amount until the work is complete.
1: 100% done. (laughs)
0: One hundred, all the garbage gone. Hold back. All the, everything swept. Yeah. Everything, yeah. every single thing done.
1: Because the moment you pay them, they're gone. They
0: are gone. <laughs> they're going and having a steak dinner. They are not right. coming back. Even if they say they're coming back to clean up, they're not coming back.
1: So yeah, up. going back to the $10,000 bid or project example, um, maybe you started out with 1500 and you gave them progress payments as they've completed portions of the project but hold back as much as you can for that last payment. So let's say it's like 2500 is the final payment. You don't give them that even a portion of that 2500 until no. every single little thing is done cuz they're really busy and and most contractors are I think are good contractors if you work with them well and manage them well. And you know they're just doing their best to make money and they've got a ton of projects they're trying to coordinate. So I really try to be understanding about the stress that they're under. Um, But, you know, if you manage them well in the ways that we've been been describing, things will go fine in most cases.
0: When you are getting ready to hire somebody, go with your gut. If you're getting weird vibes Mm -hmm. from these people, if you're feeling like they're shady, if something just doesn't add up, then it's for a reason.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Elaborate. Well,
1: yeah, if they they say that their wife is going to sign the contract instead of them, or if they don't actually have a company, it's just in their name, or if they want you to make payments to their wife or to some other person that you don't know, those are all big red flags that this person doesn't play by the rules, maybe isn't licensed or maybe has lost their license or is trying to hide the income. And so, um, Look for warning signs like that. If they're not responsive during the bidding process and, and responding to your questions, they're. I mean, that's the time when they're gonna be the most responsive and the most <laughs> eager. So if you're having a hard time at that stage, find someone else because you're gonna have a nightmare getting that person to respond and do their work.
0: This next tip is something that we have had huge success with on getting priority for our projects and also keeping contracts there longer is to feed them. Mm -hmm. We bring them food. We bring them dinner. I go and get them Slurpees. I make sure they have plenty of cold water in a cooler with ice. Um, We go and get them in and out and Crown Burger all the time because if they're at your job, if they don't have to leave, right? If you're like... (laughs) Like just stay here and finish my job. You don't need to go take a lunch break. Just stay. Look, I brought you pizza. It's right so here. It's a very
1: simple principle. <laughs> it works for everybody. You know, I've I've been an associate at a law firm and billing at a high billable rate per hour. And the law firm would say, "Hey, if you stay past six o'clock and work for a few more hours, we'll buy you dinner." And it's like a twenty-five dollar maximum you can spend. So for twenty-five bucks, they get like four more billable hours at $100 of dollars an hour so pretty good deal for the law firm and i'm like sweet i get dinner <laughs> so i'm more likely to stay and do some more work
0: it works with photographers too yeah. in the news business when i was a journalist i if i had a grumpy photographer without fail i'd just like buy them food and then i'm their favorite reporter right all of a sudden okay this last tip is just be fair with the contractor if you're skeptical of them, know that they're going to be skeptical of you too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that contractors get burned a lot as well. They sure. do a lot of good work and then they don't end up getting compensated for their work or, you know, if you're always trying to like whittle them down right. and 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 not willing to just pay them for what you know is going to be good work if they do good work, then they're not going to want to work for you again either.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Be It goes both ways, right? Especially when you find good contractors, take care of them. Be respectful of them. Um, be flexible when you can be on scheduling. And if things go wrong, be nice about it because they deserve to be respected for their work too. And so it definitely goes both ways.
0: When thinking about all of these tips together, we have a horror story to share. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we really only have one.
0: One really bad one. Bad one. one. We've yeah. had some
1: others that have been annoying and frustrating. And shady. But we've had very good experience, actually, with contractors. Yes. Um, because um, we've somewhat been lucky, and other times we've just gotten good referrals from other people. And But one time we were... So part of the problem I think was that we were really anxious to get something done quickly.
0: We had a huge deadline. Huge we deadline. had a huge photo shoot at our house on a side patio with a big magazine publication and a huge furniture company. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of pressure. People were flying in from all over the world all over the world. No, not all over the world, all over the country mm-hmm. for this specific shoot. And it was a big deal. And so we had this project that we could have launched into before the shoot to make it look better, or we could have just left it until after the shoot but we decided to go for it we're because we you know. you know we like to go big or go home. Yeah. So we're optimists, we decided to go for it. We we got a personal referral for a contractor. So first
1: problem, we didn't already have someone who could do that work Mm-mm. that we knew and trusted and was capable. We needed to build a cement retaining wall. And we had used a contractor to build foundation walls for some additions on our house when we did our big renovation, but um And we couldn't get back in contact with that person. And so we were kind of out there just trying to find someone. And we didn't already know someone good.
0: So we got a referral from some really good friends of ours. And it was somebody that had not done work for them, but had done it for one of their neighbors. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of like, you know, passing through hands a few times. We were kind of trusting that this guy was going to do a good job. We met with him, though. He gave us kind of the dog and pony show oh, yeah. absolutely I can get it done. It's not even a question. I can totally I'll get it done way in advance of your and we deadline. Said, you know this
1: is a really aggressive timeline. We get that. Just tell us if it's not realistic. You're more experienced in this than we are. Um, we have a sense that this would be a lot of work and optimistic to get it done. I think it was three weeks mm-hmm. that we had to get it done. Um, so he said so just level with us is this possible in the first place and he said oh absolutely i can start
0: tomorrow i'll bring a crew tomorrow and get it done we we had a contract guys we had a contract yeah we we
1: put it in writing very detailed exactly what he was going to do what the price would be the timeline everything we could think of was in the contract so like i said before sometimes even after doing your best to put a contract in place that won't necessarily mean it goes perfectly.
0: So this was, we were, we were so anxious to get it done. That was our first problem because we were so wanted, we wanted so badly for it to work that we didn't pay attention to some of the red flags. So the first one was that he asked us for some money up front, rent equipment and pay his crews and we get that. So we paid him some money up front and then what would happen is that he'd come And then they'd like move some dirt around and tear some stuff up.
1: He made a really big mess right away. A huge mess.
0: And then leave like halfway through the day. And then we wouldn't see him. And then we wouldn't hear from him for a few days. And then he'd come back and he'd say, oh, I've got to to rent that equipment again. I need some more money. So we'd have to pay him a little bit more money. And then he'd come. And then it was like the same thing over and over again. Days would go (laughs) by. So
1: another big red flag. He couldn't rent equipment on his own. So he asked us if we would rent it and pay for it. And then he would use it on the project. And I should have realized, why can't this guy rent equipment in his own name? Um, is this just a way to get me to pay for it? Or is there some other issue there? It turns out um, none of the rental equipment companies would work with him because of he his was a history. <laughs> right. And it was also a way to get us to pay for part of the expense of the project oh, yeah. so he could keep more of the cash that we had given him. And he wanted half up front, and I think we only gave him a quarter of the contract price up front. So he was just finding ways to whittle away at the expenses without paying for himself and he could keep that cash and while he'd more made a yeah, huge mess.
0: Yep, huge mess. So the the straw that broke the camel's back was that he finally poured the foundation for the wall.
1: And he assured us he didn't need a permit. No,
0: swore up and down. Which, and, you and, know, I should
1: have done my own research and figured out that that was wrong.
0: Yes, but. but again, we were so in a rush to get this done. We just wanted it to be true so bad. So anyway, he poured the foundation wall, poured it wrong. The, the inspector, the footing, the footing.
1: Underground, yeah.
0: Yeah, He sorry, he played the poured the foundation for the wall, poured the foundation wrong. An inspector came, shut down the whole project, and then he disappeared. Well
1: not completely though. Well he kept on talking to us and kept on trying to get more money out of us. Luckily we didn't pay him anymore. But so he he strung us along and kept us believing for a while.
0: (laughs) And then it was the day before the shoot and it looked like grenades had gone off in our backyard. And then it snowed, a spring snowstorm.
1: So we were supposed to do this video shoot on our side patio and there were massive piles of dirt and and rock and gravel. There was this bobcat sitting there. That he had just just abandoned. And it was a muddy mess because it had been really wet for a while. And, of course, it's all mud because he's been digging around in the dirt. And then it snowed like a foot and a half overnight the day before. We're laughing, but
0: but there was no laughing at the time. There was a lot of crying at the time.
1: Jen takes stress really well, usually. (laughs) I have never seen – she was like on the ragged edge. She was about (laughs) to lose her mind. She was so stressed because of all the pressure. Because all these
0: people that were coming from all over and – You guys, the stress was real. I was like losing my mind.
1: And it was like literally Sunday morning. We're like, okay, we're skipping church. I'm bringing in all my brothers. Luckily, I have four older brothers who are awesome and skilled and they showed up and we used the Bobcat to try and smooth things out and clean off the side patio, rented a power washer. And like after a day of grueling work, we made it acceptable. (laughs) And also luckily for us, the people doing the video shoot were so understanding and so kind they about it. They had a
0: good sense of humor about it. Yeah. And I'll have to post some more pictures of this shoot because if you shoot from one angle, you, it looked beautiful. It looked yeah. like summertime. You may have spotted a little snow on the Cause roof. Cause this was here in first like, part, part of Mar- April. Yeah, March, end of March. End of March.
1: So and it was supposed to be a summer shoot because it's it's for outdoor furniture, right? But you can see on the roof a little bit of snow. A little snow, snow
0: cuz Utah weather's so unpredictable. And they could only shoot from one angle, but somebody snapped a picture of me going the other direction so you could see what's behind the crew and it is literally like a mud bomb explosion. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. I mean, it looks like We had
1: to set out big sheets of plywood. plywood like several of them around on the muddy area so they could set up their tripods and camera equipment. And they were getting mud all over their shoes. Ugh, we're so lucky that they were so kind about they it. They
0: were wonderful. And I've worked with them again, so I guess they liked us. But I don't know how we could have avoided that. We should have been more careful. We should have not we been We should have trusting. seen this, the red flags. We really shouldn't have launched into the project before the shoot. That's really what should have happened. Yeah. But um, we've never seen that contractor again we would like to hunt him down someday and get all of our money back since he basically cost us more money than any work that he did. But anyway, we're telling you this so that it doesn't happen to you. So
1: trust your instincts, be curious, don't be intimidated by someone who knows a lot more about their trade than you do. Ask a lot of questions, feed them, feed them, (laughs) treat them with respect. Um, and demand respect from them too, of course.
0: Yeah. So there you go. There are all of our tips for working with contractors. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.